0: Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald.
1: All right. Okay. We are here at Descendants. Jesse Parent. Hello. Uh, You can hear me saying parent and then morphing (laughs) it into parent. It's my fault.
2: It's not your fault.
1: P E R, A U N T, like each aunt. When you were on the show last, I had moments afterwards of being like, "I wonder if ah, sorry, I wonder if that was the thing. Like, was he was he fucking with me?" To, <laughs> and then I would go on calling him the wrong thing. Yeah, no, it's Perant.
2: I but, I played a practical joke on the world for several years by saying my name is parent. My name is Perant, which is hard to say especially after a vowel sound, but
1: uh, that is my name. Don't wear it out. We're one minute in. Let me try and give my intro, even though, like, you're you, but <laughs> what I will say is that... Don't give my intro. Give your intro. The the singer-songwriter in front of me, so I've established that you're singer-songwriter, has been in my life for a long time. He's a very a seasoned performer. Thanks. A very... Dedicated to being out there and performing and, and, and being seen and getting your name out there and yeah. getting the music out there. You've dedicated pretty much your whole life to this for a number of years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, is that a question? I guess I don't you're you're here and I can't address hypothetical people. Yeah. So yeah. not when you're here.
2: No, we've known each other a long time. I listened to your, your interview with Sam, um Nabby. Yeah. And uh, who funny enough. During that time at the Mongolian Grill, uh, for reference to your listeners, in that podcast with Sam, we talked about the Mongolian Grill days, which was like an odd place to have musicians play music, but Carrie and you set that up or whatever. And uh, oddly enough, Sam and I have never crossed paths. I've always known about him, but we just never crossed paths. Um, But we both have this tangible memory of good times at the Mongolian Grill like the early 2000s or no like late 2000s right like yeah 2008, something like that because that's when my like I first ever released music which is not available anymore because it it sucks but
1: I did have you flesh it I it, buddy I still got the shit (laughs) yeah you do I'll still play it in my car
2: Uh, but that was a cool time because that was back when uh, I didn't know what I was doing I still don't know what I'm doing but I've got a few things figured out and uh, we just had a place to play music, and people listened. And it was at the Mongolian yeah. Grill. I don't even know if that's known outside. Is that a thing outside of Kichamaru or is... I don't think it was
1: a thing outside of of carry.
2: No, but I mean like the Mongolian Grill, like is as that a like restaurant. A, yeah, like is that is that? It a chain? might be in Hamilton
1: too. Is it even there anymore? I don't know.
2: I'm old now. I don't go there anymore. No,
1: so. Uptown. Sorry, not uptown, but the University. University stretch Plaza. Those plazas, I don't. Re- Molly Blooms is still there. There's like a burger yeah, Molly, place. Yeah, I
2: didn't know Molly Blooms is still there. But uh-huh. I remember
1: I remember that plaza when it had an HMV yeah. and uh, Blockbuster further down, closer to where I live.
2: Blockbuster Video. Yeah,
1: yeah. The- <laughs> a lot's changed. Even the my one of my I wonder favorite. If they'll sell my CDs there. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone! I'll bring you back to the conversation after this musical break. That's what I do now. I wish you were all fans of the show, but some of you are probably just fans and friends of Jesse who only listened to the last time he was on the show. And that's okay. That's okay. I got new carpet. I poured some water with lemon for you. Uh, anyway, in this voiceover, before I launch into the first song, I just want to let you know that you're in for a longer haul than normal recently. I had a lot of fun hanging out with and chatting with my friend. And it was harder than normal to say goodbye to stuff, not only because I like it, but it effortlessly shows a guest and myself going off the way I want for the show. A perfect blend of sincerious, a word I just made up, and flighty, goofy, tangential nonsense. This marks the third time I'll be publishing an episode with Jesse Perant. We've known each other since we were little ruffians selling newspapers for cents at the turn of the 19th century. If you haven't yet heard the episode we did early this year, you really should. It's episode 20 from back in February. And in conjunction with this coming out, you'll get a bonus vault episode soon featuring a chat and some live stuff we recorded a year prior to that. When the show was called Todd's Cafe and it was a different numbering system. It'll all make sense if you're a fan of me and the show. And if not, fuck it. It's content, right? The first song... shares a common thread with the music of Jesse Perrant being that Steve Wood, the pedal steel player on uh, Some Days, Tomorrow's, and Best Aid Plans, a master of most, if not all, stringed instruments, played guitar in this band. And the amazing vocalist Dana Comer, singer for Dana Kay and The Remedy these days, also fantastic, is the singer. This band was called Calliope's Radio. And in 2008, they put out an awesome CD. This is their live performance from back then on the I, Todd Lounge. The song is called... Good Night, Bell Hooks. Here we
3: go. I wonder how It ever got so late now Good night, Bell Hooks Think you're great now, and she creates dull house earthquakes, traced a name. Oh, yeah. A falls, very well could kill us all. Kill us all. I wonder how you ever got so old now. I wonder how. So
1: now. And I was at Lana's Lounge seeing you play, release a CD that we're going to talk about later, and that plaza I don't even recognize anymore. No. I have these romanticized memories of Rain Tree Cafe and Which Maxwell's is, Music House. Yeah. The dude that owns Lana's
2: Lounge, Sean Bricker, used to be a chef at the Rain Tree Cafe. Okay, someone so said something to that's that That's kind of cool. It is. Like,
1: there's still a piece of the rain tree okay. in the
2: same venue at, as Lana's, right? And
1: I love Lana's too, so props yeah. to anything that Shan does.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he introduced himself to me via Facebook uh, a few years ago when, when he and Glenn Affelt were running a jam at another funny place to have a lot music, Casey's on Victoria. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it was like this jam with like heavy hitter touring musicians uh, and then they'd, they'd invite guys like me to come and host the jam. And there was like no one there. Like some of the best musicians in this town are outside. And that we were just playing to each other and having a blast. And Casey's was loving it. And so Sean messaged me, whose name is spelled S-H-A-N. Yeah. And so like when I first met him, I was like, Shan, <laughs> nice to meet you, man. Yeah. How are you? Oh, it's Sean. Oh. I'm an ass. Sorry about that, but he I'm sure he gets that all the time.
1: Yeah, right, Jesse Parent? So, <laughs> speaking of places, we're recording this at Descendants Brewery. Yes, we it's, are. It's uh, wonderful sandwiches and beers. Yeah. I'm not a huge beer drinker, but I do love their sandwiches, and I love pouring beer. Yeah, yeah well, that would be a good part of working for uh, a brew pub. Should I mention that on the show? (laughs) Let's talk about you, though. Um, You mentioned something earlier in our our conversation about, like, you're you're saying, like, in a blasé way, like, I didn't know what I was doing then. Oh, I still know what I'm doing now. What is your idea of a person in music who knows what they're doing, and what do you think that feels like?
2: Um, Hmm.
1: Going right for the jugular, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I think
2: that anyone that says they know what they're doing, I have way more respect for people that say they don't know what they're doing than people that say they've got to figure it out because anybody that says they've got to figure it out is lying.
1: Maybe you've reflected on who you were five years ago, 10 years ago. And you're like, Oh, this is embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And I've talked about this with Sam too. In five to 10 years from now, you'll be saying the same thing about where you are now. Yeah. But the best part of any thing that you remember, whether you're looking at it differently later or not, is that hopefully you're having a good time now. Yeah. You are feeling good about where you are now. Yes. Um, if the goal is improving, and I would say, I, I've always loved what, what you've done, and, and you take that with a grain of salt. And a quick thank no, you. No, thank you. Thank you, pal. And then, thank you. Thank uh, you dude, very I, I'm expressing real emotions and feelings. <laughs> as you're like, thanks, pal. What is this? Um, yeah. Thanks, sweetheart. Kiss me, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Look, uh, I,
2: I, but, if, but I'm a, if I'm a good musician, it probably means I don't take compliments well. Then I don't take compliments well. Uh, they make me feel uncomfortable, but I appreciate it. I used to suck. And now I don't. And I don't. I can't remember if we said this with the mics on or off. Shots but, fired. <laughs> uh, my once crippling self-doubt is, has been... That might uh, have been our bonding point, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I used to have crippling self-doubt. I, I, I still have self, self-doubt. It's just not crippling anymore. Right. And it's tempered by a lot of conceit and hubris as well, yeah. um, which I need to temper with my self-doubt. And it's like this recipe that I brew every day because I feel like I've done some things and I've learned some stuff and some shit and I've gotten a lot better but I can't let that uh, make me cocky. So although I have a lot more self-confidence in myself as a performer and as a musician I am you gotta be humble yeah, and yeah. not a dick. That's kind of where I am right now. And Hi. I'm nobody. Like, I just feel like I've worked hard to get every single listen and like and
1: CD sale that I ever had. So I'm yeah. proud of that. I'm not going to tell you that you should be. Uh, <laughs> I would be proud of what you've done. If I could yesterday, all your music, I'm using a movie that I refuse to watch as a reference to like, if I woke up in a music and no one knew who you were, yeah. but I remembered all your songs. I would <laughs> yeah, fuck the world right. up, man. <laughs> yeah. I would totally okay. do that. No. Uh,
2: you refused to watch yesterday.
1: I refused to watch anything written by the guy who wrote love actually. And I know that the idea seems so obvious. Todd's a huge Beatles fan. Why wouldn't he love this movie? I don't like the idea of the story of this guy doing that.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Slow down. What do you have against love, actually? <laughs> no, I, already I know. love sappy I know, movies. I know the answer I to that love question.
1: rom-coms. I yeah. don't love stuff that sounds like it could be written by a high school fantasizer. But and the prime putting-
2: minister gets with the, the, the intern lady and it's sweet.
1: Oh, and, and they get Ed Sheeran to say some, some jokes that he wouldn't...
2: Wait, is Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran's not he in Love He plays himself. In, in Love Actually? No, Yesterday. Oh,
1: Yesterday. Oh, right. Okay,
2: look. I haven't seen Yesterday. It might suck. And that joke with Hey
1: Dude that I've seen in the trailers, that sucks. Yeah. Um, it's just self-serving to the fantasies of the writer. And people love it because he has he knows how to chef. Some shit for people to like instead of making something that's awesome. But I wonder Danny how
2: much he had to pay in licensing to the Beatles for that movie. It was probably a lot of money. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure. I hope Paul made a lot of money off
1: that yeah. movie. That's all I can say. So <laughs> well, you know, whatever, as long as Michael Jackson's not taking it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> no, he did. <laughs> Too soon.
1: Um, Where
2: were we? What time is
1: it? We were trying to get it back to you. Um,
2: yeah, but that's okay. Isn't this like a show about coffee? No. No. <laughs> no, I know. I know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being a dick. This is not a show about coffee. This is a show I about I happen Todd to love Donald. it. I couldn't yeah.
1: make it enough about coffee. So I'm like, let's yeah. call it the Todd Donald show. Yeah. Cuz I'm going to be me.
2: So <laughs> what's your favorite coffee?
1: My I my flavor profile is chocolate. Meaning Oh, don't give
2: me that shit. No, you, I like learned how to oaks say that recently. And cherries and
1: that's caramels and notes of uh, molasses, uh, cherry. If you dark like chocolate, chocolate <laughs> drink hot chocolate. No, I don't like hot chocolate. <laughs> okay. When I say notes of chocolate or molasses, it tastes like coffee.
2: Yeah. It just has hints of.
1: Yeah. Like
2: when my wife asks for milk in her coffee, I say to her, "You mean the idea of milk?" Yeah. Because every single coffee I order her from any sort of restaurant. Always has too much milk in it. So I joke with her that she doesn't want milk in her coffee. She just wants the idea of milk in her (laughs) coffee. (laughs) So she does this thing where she orders like milk on the side and she does it herself because she can't trust the people that make it every day.
1: But that, you know what? That's not. Love you, baby. That's not. um, uh, I love you more, but (laughs) that's not something to be ashamed of because I feel like. I feel like it's a thing. Even in coffee and cigarettes, the movie with uh, yeah. the Bill all Murray and Wu Tang Clan, Tom Waits, Jack White, um, Jack White's in that. Jack and Meg White do a segment. Yeah. Oh
3: wow, I forgot about that.
1: And this just a common thing in most coffee shops when they were there were just coffee shops. Yeah. And maybe one chain in existence in the world. Yeah. There was like that thing of how what a people, business model people Let's make coffee. They're like, I like my milk level a certain way. Yeah, and they might have been weird, but it's not like the rarest thing.
2: No, it's not.
1: I like to judge it too, and you know what I like to do? I made the coffee from the coffee maker that Katie and I had in our apartment. Right. And she took that with her to none of it. So I, I, once every two weeks, I'll I'll buy one at a yeah. a roastery that I really like because it's. Ex- so you would say that you're having none of it then? <laughs> I even said it wrong. It's Nunavut. of Yeah. <laughs> but. Um,
2: I think that when I start getting into coffee that tastes good. I realized that I didn't need like two sugars and two creams in my coffee right. <laughs> to enjoy it. But one of the first times I had monogram coffee, they had like some sort of coffee. It might have been, it was a blend of their two daughters' names, something cat. Um, and it had like a, they were grown beside blueberries, wherever okay. these coffee beans were from. They had like a hint of blueberry in it. Right. It was so good. So yeah. good.
1: You know what? I think I might have had that.
2: Mad Cat. Yeah, I think It's called Mad Cat.
1: It was something with the hint of blueberry. That must have yeah. been it. They have one called, it used to be called Braun, but now it's called Eureka. That was their dark roast that hit my profile the best. Nice. I'm just pretending that I say those terms all the time. Yeah,
2: yeah. Funny enough, like, my favorite coffee is, like, our drip coffee maker at home. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, just grind up some beans, put it in the drip machine, and make 12 cups of coffee and put it into my body.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I love it. I'd like to play a song now from the new Jesse Perant album called Some Days Tomorrow's and Best Laid Plans, starting off with Jesse's sweet tribute to our boy Paul Simon. The song is of course You Can Call Me Al."
3: Street, he says, Why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle of The rest of my life is so hard. I want a photo opportunity, I want a shot of redemption. Don't want another cartoon in a cartoon gray. Bone dead bone dead dogs in the moonlight. Far away, my well, it Mr. Beanbell, Beanbell Get these nuts away from me, you know Well, I don't find this stuff amusing anymore If you be my bodyguard I can be a long-lost path and I can call you Betty Betty, when you call me You can call Got a short little span of attention Oh, my nights are so long Where's my wife and family? What if I die? Who'll be my role model? Now that my role model is gone, gone Duck back down the alley with some Roly-poly little bad-faced girl All along, along there was incidents and accidents they were hints and allegations If you'd be my bodyguard I can be Maybe it's his first time around Doesn't speak the language He holds no courtesy He is a foreign man He is surrounded by the sound, sound Cattle in the marketplace Scattle in orphanages He looks around, around He sees angels in the architecture well, spinning in infinity, says, "Amen, and Hallelujah." If you be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost man I can call you Betty, Betty. When you call me, you can call. I can be a long lost pair. I can call you Betty. Betty, when you call me, you can call
1: The, uh, the same place in life where I am where there's no passion in hating anything like you you know what you like and you don't have to pay attention to anything else if you don't want to
2: no, but people do
1: it's crazy they they have pain that I can't heal with yeah. a comeback so
2: i uh, I, tr- I really try and stay off of social media as much as I can
1: when it comes to music do you do you listen to things that are outside of the realm of of the kind of music you fit yourself in with. Oh, and absolutely! How far away from from what you do is some of the music you listen to? Like, okay, well, surprise let's, me.
2: Yeah, let's go. Let's get into it. Um, Snarky Puppy I listened to today, which is like a fusion jazz funk band from Brooklyn that has no lyrics. Nice. And I'm like an acoustic guitar with lyrics. So I would say the music that I play, which is folk or Americana or roots or whatever you want to call it, is probably like one tenth of what I listen to on a regular basis. Because I love like the Bob Dylans and the Neil Youngs and the Paul Simon or the Simon and Garfunkels and the Paul Simons of the world. But I also love like, um, geez, I'm trying to sound cool and pick something like, okay, let's talk about the band Camp, C A A M P. I don't know anything about them, they just came up uh on SiriusXM radio and they have a song called Peach fuzz boy that sounds just like uh Brimful of Asha from okay. the, nin- the 90s and so I li- heard that song on the radio and I and I downloaded or you know streamed their whole album on on Spotify and love it and it's kind of like you know rocky poppy mid 90s fluff that's awesome right. um but Today, I also listened to Glen Campbell, Wichita Lineman, which is like right. a soft rock. I think people that say I love everything or I love all types of music don't actually love one type of music. Right. They just like what's on, if it has a beat and makes them happy. Whereas I love several types of music and like a lot of others. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm not as good at forming the questions as I am at thinking about them. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, like... Uh, sorry? No, uh, when it comes to like writing songs and, and recording stuff, whether it's demos at home or reviewing the work that you're in the studio with and stuff like that, obviously there's a lot of time spent thinking about it because you're 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 in a role of like shaping things still, yeah. both in the creation of the song and in the creation of the recording. And I know you're a music fan, and you you probably pick up different um, aesthetics for production and 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 vibes and oh, the, you know, I like this stuff by... In my case, there's like, oh, I love Jeff Lynn. He yeah. has a sound and everything he does is sort of like this. And like, there's a mix of... Uh, personality-infused roboticness in a mix of wild yeah. co- kind of kooky.
2: I love that there's a point in like the late 80s where you don't know you're listening to Jeff Lynne, but you're listening to Jeff Lynne. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <Like>. <laughs> As, funnily enough, I only recently watched that documentary movie about him, and I'm, I'm like, fuck, I knew everything that they had to say. Yeah. I've known yeah. it my whole life. Yeah. These are just them talking about it. But yeah, they're just admitting it. I know shit that he's recorded that isn't in that. He's recorded with Regina Specter and Brian Adams and stuff yeah. that no one's... Yeah. and uh, uh, The guy from uh, the Eagles, uh, Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh. There He's produced Joe Walsh stuff. Anyway, but then there's other profiles like the T-Bone Burnett, yeah, music kind of thing. And and the the recording process takes such a long time that I will go in and out of different shit, and 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 it, it becomes if the shit is stuff that I'm influenced by, and yet it's diverse from its from each other. Yeah. Then I go through this weird metamorphosis through the process of making an album because I will fall in love with something and I want there will be elements of what I ask for or do in the studio or at home that will shape it based on Jeff Lynn's sound or Phil Spector or yeah. whoever else. And it's a hard process to go through because you have to sort of stick to something but then your You do your emotional that state That's the hardest part. Goes up and down.
2: So and here's the just because you're you're going off into space on that's several tangents. That's not a tangents. question. I know, <laughs> you, but so I've got several things to say based on the last diatribe you good, went on. that's so what it's I wanted. So to diatribe. Um, I think that there's a lot of famous music producers out there, like Jeff Lynns or uh, you know, Mutt Langs or Phil Spector's or um, you know, Quincy Jones. That they have autourism. Like a director has, like a film director has a a shtick, right? Yeah. Like the Martin Scorseses or the Quentin Tarantinos or the Steven Spielbergs. They all have like a view that's distinctive. You can tell you're watching a Spielberg movie when you're watching Closer to the mic. Uh, So you can tell you're watching. Is this thing on? Hello? Yeah. Uh, You can't, there's no visual here.
1: All right, I want five Um, more examples of each.
2: So, no, but what I mean is there are... I don't think listeners realize when they're listening to music that the producers, you know, on music albums. Uh, here's another example: Timbaland. You might yeah. not know you're listening to a Timbaland track, but it, but it, they all sound similar. All yeah. that Jeff Lynne stuff from the late '80s, whether it's Jeff, whether it's Roy Orbison or George Harrison, "I Got My yeah. Mind Set on You," or Tom Petty or the Traveling Wilburys, and the whole gang combined, they all have that yeah. Jeff Lynne touch, right? Yeah. And so I don't think people realize it as much as they realize they're watching like a Tarantino movie, but it's there. So that's the one thing I wanted. one of the things I Thank you for translating me to the common person. it all back home, Bob Dylan. Uh, and <laughs> so he came up with that term too. <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing I wanted to comment on is you have to choose. You don't want to choose, yeah. but you have to choose. The hardest lesson that I've learned in 10 years of recording and releasing my own music is you can't be everything. Yeah. You can try and fail, and I did that for f- three album, four, three albums. And then with my live album, just so everybody knows, my new album, Days Tomorrow's in Best Late No Lands. one cares about that. Yeah, I know, right. Uh, is my fifth recording. Yeah. But as far as the internet and the world is concerned, there's only been three because the first two I'm so ashamed of that I, I don't release them or I don't promote them anymore. But Todd has a copy of both. But
1: <laughs> Sorry, want, but you flesh it, I flaunt it. And Peter Katz, if you're listening, same to you, brother. <laughs> I will listen to your first three albums from the 2000s as long as I want. I won't. I yeah, won't.
2: He's, a, he's quite a talent. Back to you, life. Jesse. No worries. Um, so in that time, those first three anyway... I went from folk to rock to folk to, like, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to be. Yeah. It wasn't until the live album with the Pines that I was like, okay, now we're on the right path. Yeah. And now, finally, 10 years in, I'm like, I am a folk musician. That is my brand. That is my sound. And I need to focus on that because there's so much out there. There's so much content that you need to be obvious about yeah. what you are. So there's Netflix and there's Spotify and there's HBO and Five, Pornhub and six, there's you know uh, podcasts seven, and podcasts and podcasts eight. and podcasts and <laughs> radio shows. How much time do we have? Uh, but one yes, my point is, and if so. I'm going to cut through the clutter, and people say, "What is Jesse Perant, He's a folk musician. Done. Yeah. And I need to make it easy for people to say that. They can't yeah. think about it. Is he a cover musician? Is he in a band? Is he a rock musician? Is he a country musician? No, I'm a folk musician motherfucker. And also in the sound. And the Exactly. And the And the production. It, and it's the production. all part of the brand.
1: And the the, the songwriting. Yeah. Like you so you know, you know when you're writing a Jesse Parent song. Ah fuck Yeah. It'll take I, me years <laughs> motherfucker. Don't cut that out. You got my name wrong. <laughs> I'd like to play another song now, after which we'll go back to Jesse and I rambling some more. Good stuff. Uh, This song, also from the new album, is another of the live tracks. Uh, This one is an original, and maybe you've heard the solo performance on episode 20 of this podcast. This version is a much better recording, and it's a song called For a Moment. This morning I find myself
3: in the welfare line Holding back the tears Choking on my pride Remembering better days When I could afford what you desired A long time ago get out of bed Thoughts of fear and doubt tearing through my head When I was younger we would run for miles and miles and miles A long time ago For a moment you were mine For a moment I Seasons change, but the snow still falls. Don't sound like it did When you were by my side A long time ago For a moment You were mine For a moment I held you in my arms For a moment You gave me Shelter from the storm Seasons change but the snow still falls
1: Find yourself neglecting ideas that that you would like to. I used to. Yeah,
2: I do songwriting on the side
1: for other things. Nice. So um, you can flex the other muscles that you have with. And, and not I think it's important too. So back in the day, I'm an advocate of that too. Yeah, I mean, fuck letting them die.
2: Uh, no, you gotta you gotta nurture them, song babies.
1: I, I think I think I think people everyone should be allowed to breathe air and eat food and that that and write that country music. You can't <laughs> appreciate sunny days without a couple rainy days. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you, sweet. you have other projects where you can write in different veins. No,
2: when I was younger I used to if I if I was writing something that
1: didn't fit with what I wanted, I'd stop, right?
2: right. Whereas now I I just follow the song. And sometimes they fit with what my brand is and what I want to be, so they get considered for my recordings and sometimes they don't. There's songs that just sit on the page. I've never done anything with them. But while I was writing that song, I was like on my, oh, 1001 bicep curls. I don't know if you heard me counting, but I did over a thousand. You know, like (laughs) I was working out that muscle, which is good no matter what. No matter what genre you're writing in.
1: Do you ever find that those songwriting muscles like you can't move them for a few days because you did so many (laughs) reps?
2: Yeah, I gotta go to the songwriter masseuse. Yeah, get,
1: get the knots worked I, out. I'm just a hollow shell after this podcast is done. <laughs> yeah,
2: I go through, I go through spits and spats. Sometimes it's hard to write songs. Sometimes it's very hard to write songs,
1: and yeah. sometimes it's easy. And you're good at carving out time to develop songs. No, I'm terrible. See, that's the that's one of the main things. Tess like and I talked about it. It's time.
2: Yeah, like you gotta. Instead of watching
1: that show you're supposed to catch up on. Even as tired as you might be. Yeah.
2: You know, I, uh, I've i been I've been sick as a dog a couple of days leading up to this podcast, which is why I didn't bring my guitar with me, unfortunately. As I was like waiting for the NyQuil to kick in last night, I wrote a chorus to a song because yeah. I was like, I'm not doing anything else. I'm just waiting to go to sleep. So let's pick up the guitar. Yeah. And I got something on the page, which is a success.
1: Excellent. All right, do it. Oh shit, you have a, a little dictaphone Style Yeah,
2: I've got this uh... So I was asked to Okay, let's a, go with this I was this asked is to record a song for a movie That has to do with life after death And love after death So this is the chorus, can you hear this?
3: When the world ends I'll wait for you on the other side It's chorus is alive this is a fire, I'll find you, in
2: time. I'll find you in time. So yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Time, it's a banger. Time. Oh wait, we're
2: recording. It's a banger. No, we
1: just reco- <laughs> the kids say that, I know that now.
2: So yeah, I, I gotta record it on my
1: phone or else it's gone. Something I was thinking about was, I mean, I want to... I wanna, get a bit of your origin story like growing up your family cuz this is your third or fourth time doing this with me now earlier in this year there's like the first one that's available online right now and then there's the one that we did last year for when the podcast had a different name that will be like the prequel that the
2: podcast that we will not name or mention
1: yeah, and then there was nothing before the Todd Donald show. You know, the third part has to have like a little bit of the origin story, because it's like when you think yeah. of trilogies and stuff. Well, you so. could either
2: you could either do the origin story first, and ruin a series like the original Spider Man series. Yeah, <laughs> or you can like no, I don't like know like Jesse that
1: Parent went. begins. Yeah, that that was a good origin Je- story. That was really Jesse Parent rises. Can we
2: think of? Well, even even Star Wars, episode one was the
1: fourth movie. And if you ask me, they could have left out the origin story. Yeah. So so
2: we just are full of bad
1: analogies here. Lord of the Rings had Lord of the Rings first, and then The Hobbit was in movie, cinematically released after. But The Hobbit was written. No,
2: was The Hobbit written before Lord of the Rings?
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. So anyway, I was raised by wolves. Wait, I'll ask him. Yeah. (laughs) So... I used to hate uh, the fact that L.L. L. Tolkien, uh, that's it, right? James L. J.R. J. J. J.R.R. R. But isn't there like two R's? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I thought like, I thought that was kind of fucking lame.
1: Like, Was he a Christian and he had like a, a, a confirmation name that he always included? Well, like, if,
2: yeah. So, so maybe his name is James Richard Randolph Tolkien. St. Randolph. Like, just use the one R, man. No one yeah. cares about the second R, and it makes you sound. And if you're that much of a diva, just say Tolkien. Pretentious, yeah. James yeah. fucking Tolkien.
1: You fucking pedantic yeah. piece of don't, shit. Don't, dis- oh, look, don't look! Don't condescend
2: I mean, to me with that second R.
1: I write stories about about knights and elves. Fuck you. And then.
2: So I read I read the game of, uh, well, I think it was called A Feast of Crows, maybe. No, no, no. It was the first Game of Thrones, but it came out in like the late 90s. You know, Bundles was, of joy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely nobody dies. Yeah. <laughs> that was the name of the first book. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. But then that dude, uh, whose name escapes me right now, uh, who's... Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Oh, jeez. Let's Hold edit on. this. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to check our phones here so many people yelling at their Spotify right now it's it's this guy oh George RR R. Martin right. yeah it was James L.L. L. Tolkien and George RR R. Martin right so I so then so at first in like the early 90s when I was an adolescent and was reading the Lord of the Rings children I was like incensed that this guy had two middle initials that were the same letter right like what a waste of typeface and then George R. R. Martin comes out in the late 90s with a book about like fantasy and swords and shit and has yeah. two middle initials, and I just lost it. That's I like f- <laughs> just lost my mind with anger over this f- frag- flagrant, superfluous use of two initials. And that was around the time I was 13 years old. Uh, <laughs> really productive. So anyway, you want to know about me, right? Yeah, okay,
1: so... <laughs> Where were we? Sorry, I blanked out in a fit of anger. There, Uh, I know. I know you have a brother named Thomas, Tom, and his last name is Parent,
2: though not Pront. No, I'm messing messing
1: with you. I believe anything you say.
2: (laughs) Oh, I wish people could see the look on your face.
1: You walk me down so many paths. Yeah, and I know, obviously, mom and a dad. Yeah, his dad's last
2: name was Parent, and my dad's last name was Pront.
1: So your parents were Pronts. Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. <laughs> that no, must I have like fucked to, you up. I like, to make a, I like to take this opportunity to make up my backstory like Bob Dylan did.
1: Who, who was in the house when you were growing up? You had
2: the maid? We didn't call her a maid. She was more of a nanny. And then we had the chef. Mm-hmm. But I ran away from the decadence at a young age uh, in search of my twin brother, who I later found out that we were both uh, genetically grown in a lab. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but See, it's at this point where I I feel like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess I could play <laughs> poker with you. <laughs>
2: but my twin brother was like this muscle-bound Austrian. I thought I was your twin brother. No, he was like this muscle-bound Austrian. Right. Uh, that was like a you know two feet taller than me. Right. Uh, and he he would like was he was he like grew up on this island paradise. Right. And he found me, and then he had this like reward in his engine, and we had to drive this like convertible.
1: And he and, and he said he was going to get into music, and he, like now you have to die. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> and he and then he was like, get to the chopper. Yeah. I was trying to remember the the plot of twins. Was that the plot of twins? Was right. I close? Right. I'm Danny throw, DeVito, and my throw brother mama from the twins. Yeah. Throw mama from the twins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then he said, it's not a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> and then I wrote my first
1: album. Dylan, is that- you son of a bitch. <laughs> Dylan. This third track by Jesse is a studio creation, and it's accompanied by a sweet and romantic music video co-starring Jesse and his wife, Denise Bellinger. Please use the internet and click on links until you can see this vid. The best way is probably still com. And for your ears, this is The Little Things, which is, or is not a pun, about his penis.
3: I want someone to kiss me when we stop the traffic lights I want someone to whisper secrets softly to me at night I want someone to worry when I've been out for too long I want someone to miss me when I'm far away from home It's all about the little things This I have no doubt We'll take care of the little things And the big things The big things will work themselves out I want someone to hear me when I'm speaking with my eyes I want someone to pour my morning coffee as I rise Oh 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 I want someone to leave X's and O's and post-it notes I want someone to laugh at my stupid little jokes It's all about little things, this I have no doubt. Take care of the little things, and the big things, the big things will work themselves out.
2: Amy and the bad guy, we're on to kindergarten cop now, right? I guess. Sorry. <laughs> Have I ruined this podcast forever?
1: No, see, this is all gold. Um,
2: <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, not, a, I, I'm a middle class white
1: male born in Cambridge or er, born in yeah, Toronto. I'm not, I'm not, not Toronto. For, like a movie script for like the heartwarming, <laughs> yeah, yeah. ranks, no, riches uh, story. Of, I, I, I just wanted to know like the, some of the details and experiences from, from childhood that like. That, that have affected me, shaped you into the wisecracking songwriter you are today. Well,
2: no, I grew up in the in the Tri Cities. I, I consider myself a child of the Tri Cities because I grew up in Cambridge, uh, North Cambridge to be sp- specific. Yeah. Uh, and then I and then I got the hell out of there for high school, and I and I auditioned for the arts package at Eastwood in Kitchener, and went through the arts package there, where I learned how to sing and. Uh, play the saxophone and uh, I was in drama as well. There, um, you were into all this stuff, yeah. Because part of like being in the arts package at Eastwood was like you had to maintain arts credits more than anything else, right? Did you know Haley Hayley McGee? Yeah, very talented, energetic.
1: Yeah, yeah she I, lives in England now and won't respond to my messages about doing a Skype audio podcast. But oh, Haley, I worked with her once like 15 to 17 years ago
2: yeah i think she was uh a she was still in high school at that point me. yeah um yeah. but yeah i worked with some very t- the, i think the most talented person or the most like notoriety that came out of my gear was marissa mcintyre and she was like on that show how do you solve a problem like maria it was like a okay yeah uh, it was like a uh and she's like successful she does like toronto musicals and stuff and she was in the sound of music and she's She, like, does stuff. That bitch. (laughs) Yeah. How dare she? Uh, So she's doing pretty well. My parents made the foolish decision of putting me into this program called Kinder Music in Cambridge when I was young, which, like, planted this curse. (laughs) And then I just wanted to do music for the rest of my life. So I was in choirs in grade school and then in bands in high school. And I picked up the guitar when I was in high school because I wanted to get laid and then that didn't work. So I tried football, <laughs> and then that didn't work. Uh, so I went into a deep depression for about a decade and then came out with a bunch of songs. The end. All right, how... I can't be serious
1: with you, man. <laughs> that's fine. You don't need to be anything. That's what I'm trying to fight yeah. when I do this. like I, I feel like it needs to be something, and that's why I always feel disappointed when I'm doing it. And then I look at what I have, and it's it's this or that. I'm just glad.
2: I think you're the one person that I've ever interviewed with where you didn't ask. What inspires you, man?
1: That's people that, that like feel like they're not allowed to have a conversation or just yeah. talk. Life,
2: life inspires me, man.
1: I, I like to be who I am with you. And when it's people that I don't know, I find some weird way of trying to, okay, I'm going to talk to you like we've been friends for years yeah. and see if you play along. Yeah. And sometimes they do. and Sometimes they don't. But, I mean, hopefully last week's episode with Robin and Elaine, turned out good. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. We're recording on Halloween today, for context. Um, oh, yeah. Ooh, it's just like the day that a bunch of people knock at the door, and I'm like, oh.
2: And I was out doing my day job today, and I walked into a Starbucks, and there was people dressed up, Yeah. and I was like, right, that's today. Yeah. Totally forgot. I've also been asleep for three days because of the sickness,
1: the itis. <sighs> Tell me something... If singing is not only part of your livelihood, yeah, well, I guess livelihood is the word that sort of encapsulates, <laughs> yeah, what it is. It's also your your business, yeah. But it, it's also your livelihood at the same time. I often find that, even as someone who doesn't pursue music anymore, when I going through a sore throat or something where I can't fucking sing, it hurts emotionally because you're like. I don't know when I'm going to feel better again. Yeah. And you go to that place in your mind where it's like what if this is just how I am now? Yeah.
2: I there's only been two gigs in my life that I had to cancel because I was sick. And I don't know if it's luck or Halls uh, throat lozenges or hot toddies that get me. And I'm not talking about you todd, I'm talking about a
1: drink. That's uh, always the first place I go, but <laughs> that's uh Do you want to sh- want to knock me down a peg? <laughs>
2: There's always been something or like, for instance, as an ambulance, that's, uh, yeah, we got some first responders. Did we pick that up?
1: Well, I wish I could do like a live thing. I just saw an ambulance going down yeah. uh, Victoria, Victoria from Lancaster towards yeah. Weber and uh, oh, wait, this happened four World's, weeks ago for you.
2: World's, World's the most useless traffic update. What was I talking about? Going through a cold. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if I've just been lucky where like, for instance, I got my cold on Sunday, today's Thursday, and I haven't had a gig in those days where I was like right laid out, Right. and so I have my songwriter series tonight, and I'm, I, I'll probably have to cough my way through a couple songs or whatever, it'll show, right. but I won't need to cancel the gig. There's, there was once that I had bronchitis, and once where I had laryngitis, and I literally like, couldn't make noise. And an that sounds
1: like the first half of a limerick <laughs> right I much. once had back Oh, can I down.
2: tell you my favorite limerick? Please Steve Wood Who uh, you know as, as the pedal steel player In my band and one of my BFFs uh, A great dude His wife bought him a book of dirty limericks And he would right. s- He still sometimes <laughs> sends me pages From this book And the one that sticks in my mind the best Nymphomaniacal Jill Tried a dynamite stick for a thrill. They found her vagina in North Carolina and bits of her tits in Brazil. <laughs> so that's how mature I am.
1: Nice. Um, I bet he answers his phone like, You got wood. <laughs> Actually, we do this wood, place, steel. Does he ever do anything with that?
2: Well, we're trying to get him to
1: officially change his name.
2: From Steve Wood to Steve Steele. Yeah, Steele Wood. <laughs> yeah, Steel Holy wood. shit. Yeah, which is
1: Steely you know, Wood.
2: Yeah, Steely Wood. That's his. That's his porn name. Hashtag porn name.
1: <laughs> if this music thing doesn't work out, Steve, you know you got a place in oh, Hollywood. Man.
2: Well, you got great ideas for Steve. What was I saying?
1: It doesn't matter. No, no I'm, I'm like not like what you're saying doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, like, no. It doesn't matter if you forget it or not. I, I
2: was trying to say something important.
1: So you didn't have any gigs. You're gonna cough your way through tonight, perhaps. Right, right. You got your cold on Sunday. I've been lucky
2: that way. But let me tell you this one little story. And if Adam from Crossings in London ever happens to listen to this, he was the manager at the time. The first gig I ever showed up with, I forgot my PA, like right. the thing that makes the noise, and I ended up playing through like a novelty Guinness speaker. Okay. Like like a prize US like Bluetooth. Like it was the worst thing ever because yeah. that's all they had. As, and, as the
1: Beastie Boys call it, prime merchandise. Yeah,
2: and then like several months later, uh, I didn't show up for a gig. It's the only gig I didn't show up for ever right. in my life. Uh, I, I didn't put it in my calendar, and he texted me like, where the hell are you? I'm so sorry. I'll try and find somebody, yada, yada, yada. And then the third time I played there, or was set up to play there, I had bronchitis, and I couldn't speak, and he wouldn't take my call. Right. So he couldn't hear my lack of voice. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry, I have bronchitis, I can't come. And he never emailed me back for another gig. Right. Quite
1: quite understandably.
2: Yeah, don't get sick.
1: It's kids. I, I suppose people in his position perhaps have just had to deal with so many people that you get like a little bit jaded, even if you can't admit it or cynical. Yeah. And they're they're like, You if once you say you have bronchitis
2: I could have said, I've got bronchitis, or fuck you, I'm not coming, <laughs> and it would right. have had the same effect on him. <laughs> right. Like, doesn't matter why I'm not coming. I'm not fulfilling my commitment. That's the bottom line, I say. <laughs> I say.
1: We go now to one more song, which is an internet acquaintance whose music I first found on purevolume.com by the name of Living in Polaroids, whose evolved into a very busy improviser who seems to occasionally go back to her additionally gifted singer-songwriter talents. I'm talking about Christina Staplefield. Uh, she put a self-titled album on Bandcamp a few years ago, and although from the east coast of the US of A, it has an extremely west coast sound, which I love, this song is called Back of Your Neck. Enjoy.
3: You've got it back but you've been listening to your mind
1: We got about 10 minutes left in this uh, tracking session. All right. Not to put it so clinically, but I do want to come back to the thing that I only vaguely mentioned, which is the fact that these these CD, which includes a live performance that you were coming up to recording last time you were on. So we're coming back to that now. Full circle, man. Full circle. Uh, This recording of Little Things and another studio track called... Today. Today. They
2: bookend... The right. Live show.
1: So, how do you feel about the package, how it came out? How do you feel about well, the what, fact that it's done?
2: Oh, uh, great uh, is, the, is the easy answer. to Yeah, just I'm, one word. I'm very, no. yeah, just one word. Best interviewee ever. No, um, <laughs> I set out a year ago to record an album that showcased how I sound live. Because all the CDs I sell at these shows, where most of the time I'm either playing solo with an acoustic or just Steve and I. Um, And then I'm selling these CDs that are like seven-piece bands or studio records that don't sound anything like what people are hearing. That's the
1: hardest part about being a singer-songwriter. So
2: I wanted to do that acoustic album. And then what I realized after the point of recording the live show and releasing it is that... I don't have a record label backing me. I'm backing me, so I can do whatever I want. There's no one telling me what to do. Yeah. So I'd like to do a studio version of The Little Things. Uh, and we recorded a studio version of Today, the song for my wedding, like over a year ago, and only released as a single. So I'm going to throw that on there, too, Yeah. because why the fuck not? So I've got this live album, which is seven songs, with a studio track at the end and a studio track at the beginning. And with it, you get Some Days, Tomorrow's, and Best Late
1: Penance. Do you think you'd always want that control, or do you think... um, I would rather...
2: All a record company is is financial support, quote-unquote. Right. And promotional support. So if I can find financial and promotional backers in other channels without giving away my rights to creativity, then, yeah, I don't want a record label. And I've, you know, whatever notoriety I have, whatever radio play I have, whatever, whatever I have so far is all because of me and my family and friends and fans. You know. I gotta thank my mom and dad for being ridiculous, shameless self promoters of my music. Uh and all the hard work and if I could find the support elsewhere I will try to avoid a record company. Yeah. yeah. But I'm never saying never because if a record company wants to help me out, you know, I'm not an idiot.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well in this point in post production we've we've played some stuff off of it and I'd like to reiterate I genuinely am a fan, and I do know this stuff. Some days, tomorrow's and best-laid plans is the name. Yep. You have it available on compact disc. Yeah. And a nice digipack with um.
2: Actually, it's a CD-ROM. It's only available on Windows 95 <laughs> and older. So if yeah. you have a compatible, uh, I it, it it would go nicely uh, in your VHS type collection.
1: Billy yep. Banks. Betamax. Yeah, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Would you put something out on laserdisc? <laughs> <laughs> if it
2: was cheap and just for a joke, I would do it for sure. The average dude or dudette listening to music would be hard pressed to tell the difference between an MP three through a good sound system and a vinyl through a good sound system. The yeah. problem is, is that generally people are listening to MP threes on their phone in like earbuds or on their phone speaker or their computer speaker which is terrible whereas with a the vinyl they're actually listening to it on good quality speakers. If you were A being them side by side, you can't tell the difference. Secondly, the only reason I recorded CD or released a CD at all for this album is cuz the people that bought a ticket to the show that recorded the album were promised a CD.
1: Yeah.
2: This is the least amount of CDs I've ever produced. Right. If if you've been listening to this podcast and I have not completely turned you off of <laughs> Of my, of Thank me. you. <laughs> um, and you want to continue listening to my music, please stream it. Please download it on iTunes. Please come to a show and buy a CD. Whatever way you want to consume music, do that. And, you know, just stay in touch. Music for me is about connecting. So, whether that's, like I said, streaming or downloading or CDs or. Carrier Pigeons. I don't have those yet, but I'll, I'll work on it if that's how you like to listen to it. It worked
1: on Mike Tyson Mysteries. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. <laughs> and Norm if your Carrier Pigeons <laughs> sound like Norm MacDonald yeah. when he's drunk and...
2: Yeah, I wish my Carrier Pigeons sound like Norm MacDonald. <laughs> so, you know, go to jessieperantmusic.com, which is just a snooty way of saying parent, which is Music.com, or find me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm under jessieperantmusic.com on google you can literally type that into google and find me
1: it's true uh, i'm his sponsor i believe in him
2: come say hello and yep. listen to my music and thank you so much for doing so
1: thanks for all your years of friendship thank you for um if i can get you on my podcast and promote you in any way possible that's like nothing to me it, you don't even have thanks, to man. and also thanks for being flesh and blood anytime i've yeah, man. He, turn the mic on. You, um, I love sounding like an idiot on your show. <laughs> let's be idiots together. Yeah.
2: You now what? Uh, let's do the Nardwar. Um, keep on rocking in the free world. Is it? Keep, do you remember Nardwar? Am I? Are you too? Am I too old for you to know that?
1: No, I remember uh, Nardwar. And do 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 do. do-
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music and the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at ToddDonaldShow on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends.